1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be in your company and the company of Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group. Over the years, uh, Ray, you know, I've noticed how many people have come up to me and just commented, oh, I listen to you on Sunday mornings. Wonderful. So, And, in fact, we got phone calls this past week. Some of our listeners say, I listen to you all the time, Phil. I love the show, and I listen on Sunday mornings. Well, that's wonderful. That's nice to hear. Welcome to Sunday morning again, ladies and go. gentlemen, with Money Wise. And uh, this morning we're joined with... Peter Lance, and this is Ray Lance, and the handsome. Welcome, the handsome Peter Lance. Well, I'm over the hill, but he's still handsome, right, Pete? Good morning, Pete. If you say so. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to WBSM 1420 AM every Sunday morning around this time, as we talk to you from our Money Wise Radio Show, and this morning we're going to talk about. Fifteen ways to never run out of money. <laughs> Little Paul Simon there, huh? Just get on your back, Jack. <laughs> Play a new tune. So, Peter well, doesn't know the look lyrics. Very you must in. know the lyrics, Pete. You no, look impressed or no? A seventies song. It is a seventies song. Well, we are going to talk seriously this morning about ways to never run out of money. But more importantly, we have to define this by different generations because every generation has. Different objectives and different ideas and different plans. Uh, if you're young and foolish, uh, sometimes you're young and foolish and you don't save any money, you don't make any plans, but you need to. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Generation Y, the Millennials, uh, Generation X, 37 to 52, the Baby Boomers. And then the category between age 72 and 90 is called the mature silence. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> the mature silence. The mature silence. Then, of course, the GI generation, uh, not a lot of people around this year, would be around 91 and older, mm-hmm. uh, born between 1901 and 1926. But we're going to focus our discussion today primarily on uh, the millennials and Generation X, which is a little bit older, and the baby boomers, because these are the people that are most concerned about Where's my money? How am I going to make any money? How am I going to save any money? Um, I'm kind of concerned because it goes Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z. Does that mean that we're done after Generation Z? Probably. Uh, Generation Z is people born after 2001. They're the boomlets. Which would be my my kids, so anytime they're out of line, I can call them boomlets. (laughs) Get upstairs, you boomlets. (laughs) Well, I call them gerbils and munchkins and all kinds of things. You have to have names for kids. But um, in any event, we're so happy that you're listening this morning because I don't know anybody that really doesn't have concerns and questions about money. It doesn't matter what age group that I see. Uh, if I see sometimes people that have a little bit of money, they're really concerned about how they're going to make it and how they're going to make their budget last And what happens if they go to a nursing home? Is their money going to be safe? There's nobody I know that doesn't have some issues and some concerns about money. Um, I've seen people with a million dollars of assets and investments and bank accounts, and they're worried Mm -hmm. because they grew up in that era when they were thinking about, we're going to lose our money. But it's a real fact as well that 
um, most Americans don't have the kind of money that they need to sustain their lifestyle. Right. Um, half of people have saved nothing in this country for retirement. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how folks think that they're going to make it through retirement unless they live with a child, for example, or live off the government. But that's hard to do. Social Security is not a program that's designed to cover a lot of people. But let's take some of these things step by step. You know, we've got old wisdom and we've got new wisdom that we look at periodically, uh, starting with Ben Franklin. Early to bed, early to rise, keeps you healthy, wealthy, and wise. That was Ben Franklin that said that. Mm -hmm. So here's our message for today. Go to bed early, folks. You'll yes. make more money. Feel better, too. Well, you will feel better. Actually, you need more rest, uh, don't we? All of us do. So let's start at the very very beginning. Let's say you're in the younger generation, which might include millennials. That's defined as ages 18 to 36, and even a little bit older, ages 37 to 52. And what? I read something in an article maybe two weeks ago that said that over half of all millennials uh, who are not living with their parents are getting about half of their rent from their parents. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Is that a request? No. I'm not a millennial. I'm no, you're not. 41. So what category does that put you into, Pete? I guess you're in Generation X, right? I guess so, looking at the chart here. Okay. Well, what do we do in this country? We don't live modestly, and we need to live more modestly. People tend to spend more money. Um, if you have a first job, if you're in a job where you're making pretty decent money, what do you do? You go out and you buy a bigger house or you buy a, a house that maybe you really um, is, is too much. So what if you live more modestly like Warren Buffett, who's got more money than anybody in this country, I guess, or number two, multi-billionaire. He lives in a very modest house in Omaha, Nebraska. I think he still drives a, a truck that's 10 or 15 years yes, old also. Yes, he does. <laughs> His main vehicle is a 10 or 15-year-old pickup truck. So he embodies this. He lives modestly, doesn't spend any more money than he needs to. Uh, of course, he is also leaving most of his fortune to charity so he can help other people, which is very important. But people who um, live modestly tend to have a happier retirement and uh, a survey was done by Consumer Reports a few years ago, and it said that all those people who are retired, the people that are most satisfied with their retirement are the people that live modestly. Mm -hmm. And I, I do see this a lot. It's part of our culture. It's part of our culture in New England that we, we tend to live modestly. But a lot of people still don't. If you're not extravagant, if you save your money, if you make good decisions early in life that you're going to save as much as you can and live below your income, you're going to be happier because you're not going to be worried about money. Um, I think the number one uh, issue that people are concerned about is finances and money. So you have to have some self-control to do that. I've told this story before. I've got several clients that have worked in you know, nice occupations but still relatively modest occupations. Um, gentleman and his wife who both worked for the um, electric company or the phone company, for example. And yes, they get paid very well, but they didn't spend all their money. They didn't take a lot of time on expensive vacations. And they amassed much more than a million dollars just by saving and doing it regularly. Um, 
keep to a budget. How many times on the show have we talked about a budget, Pete? Always. All the time. It's Always. what we usually ask uh, our clients or uh, people who come in and meet with us. One of the first things that we ask them to do is to fill out a budget form. Yep. And what I've told people is that I don't like to make any kind of financial recommendations um, for the folks who come in to see us at USA Wealth Group unless somebody is willing to spend the time to do a budget. Sure. I need to know with the income sources that you have coming in, what are your expenses? And do you have surplus income or do you need to take income out of an asset? If you don't have a a budget, uh, you can't do that. So financial discipline is very, very important. And that means uh, you're going to make sure your money's going to last for your lifetime. You're going to know how to make your paycheck last from month to month or from week to week. And create a very simple budget. It doesn't have to be elaborate. We can provide some forms to you for that. Um, At its very basis, as very basic elements, a budget is simply splitting your expenses into what you have to spend and then what you have to spend first. Prioritizing. That's all a budget is. Now, we do every type of um, financial planning at the office, you know, life insurance and retirement planning and everything else, uh, including uh, college funding. One of the uh, things that I'm reading in this article that, uh, you know, we've sort of stood by is that you have to pay yourself first. And this article says prioritize retirement over college. Uh, You can borrow money for a college education, but you can't borrow toward your retirement. So if you only have money for one or the other, you need to pay yourself first and make sure that you're going to be comfortable in retirement and, you know, have your children take out student loans for college if need be. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a a show strictly on the subject of college financing and college funding uh, probably about a month from now. We've got a lot of good material that we've been assembling on that topic, and we're going to do some public presentations as well. I'd like to right now just basically invite anyone listening to come to one of the free workshops that's going to be offered on March 15th and March 18th. And these will be conducted, by the way, at the offices at 352 Fonts Corner Road. It's going to be a combined presentation. Lance Law is going to be doing a seminar on wills, powers of attorney, Medicaid protection, how do you protect your house from the nursing home, differences between wills and trusts. And then Peter and I are going to be doing a presentation on retirement income planning and how to handle rollovers. Mm -hmm. Here's a good question. Why should you not continue to keep your 401k at your company if you retire from your company? Lots of reasons not to do that. We're going to talk about some safe money strategies, social security, and we're going to be talking about some tax-free planning ideas. Mm -hmm. Taxes are a big part of our budget, aren't they? And this uh, article from uh, Consumer Reports, uh, I'm just reading really quickly, and I'll let you finish telling the dates and how to uh, register for that. Okay. says that only one out of every four of you listening right now are actually satisfied with your retirement plan or your retirement planning. So three out of four of you need to do something. Well, and most people haven't saved anything. Most people haven't saved enough. And most people are really worried about how will I get through retirement. And that's a good reason to come and and check out this free informational um, session that we're having at our office. Right. For example, there's going to be some information on Social Security and how absolutely essential proper Social Security planning is when you're getting ready to retire. 
But we're going to give a lot of information. Um, a lot of people are very concerned about how do you protect your house from a nursing home. That's probably number one concern. So these seminars are going to be on Wednesday, March 15th, and on Saturday, March 18th. The Wednesday seminars will be at the uh, in the office at um, 2 o'clock and at 6.30. The Saturday morning seminar will be at 10 o'clock in the morning. And these will be at the offices of USA Wealth Group and the offices of Lance Law, 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Um, they're complimentary. There's no obligation. There's no charge. But you do need to make a reservation because sometimes we get surprised with the numbers. So call 508-998-8800 if you'd like to attend one of the seminars. So, Peter, um, you know, Ben Franklin was one of our earliest teachers. And one of the things he said, if, if you'd like to know the value of money, go and try to borrow some. And he had a lot of good wisdom about money. But the most important thing he talked about was saving money. And the message of saving is really very simple to everybody listening today. If you're not saving money every single week or if you're not saving money every single month, you're not going to make it financially. You've got to save something. And whether you start out with $10 or whether you start out with $25 or whether you can afford $50, you need to put something aside. It becomes a habit. It becomes a discipline. And if you start early enough, if you start you know, when you are a millennial, for example, 18 to 36, uh, you're going to have money later for the things that you need, and you're going to be able to support yourself if you have an emergency. And unfortunately, that needs to be somebody's uh, mindset um, right away, or they need to change their mindset and make it a habit. Uh, it's very few people who are like that, unfortunately, especially the millennials. Uh, I worked with teachers years ago, and there were probably only two or three out of every 20 or 30 millennial teachers that I would meet with who were doing a 401k of any kind or 403b um, and only a couple of those were actually max, maxing out their 403b um, so really very few millennials uh, were saving the ones that I were meeting with were saving at all and very few of them were maxing out their savings. You know, that brings up a very good point, Pete, because there's something, there's a really simple way to do this or to have the savings done for you. Let's say you have a husband or wife and they're both working and one has a 401k and one doesn't. The one who has the 401k should contribute more, including if you can afford it, as you said, maxing out the contributions you make to your 401k. And don't worry about the thought, let's say that the woman in the relationship, let's say, is um, a teacher and can contribute a maximum amount to her 401k. Don't worry about what if you get divorced later, for example. That won't be a problem because those assets are going to be divided. Uh, and that's not obviously a, a principal concern for most people. But it really doesn't matter whose account is maxing out the 401k or the 403b. The more money you can put aside and do it gradually do it incrementally but contribute more if you can do that you're going to be in a forced habit a forced saving situation because now you're going to get used to living on the lesser amount of income but meanwhile your money is accumulating and accumulating uh, it's been shown that retirees who began saving and planning early 
let's say in their 20, late 20s or 30s, have had a much greater net worth, $1.1 million on average, compared to $868,000 for those who waited until their 40s. So saving at age is um, really important. If you start really late in life, it's going to be less and less and less. And it's real simple. Money compounds, and it's the compounding power of money that makes it important to start saving younger. And it is particularly trouble, troubling for millennials because, uh, as I just mentioned, a lot of them are not saving, uh, and it's increasingly difficult to do so, including uh, social pressures. So many millennials are on social media and they see other uh, friends spending money on this and going on vacation here, and they feel that they need to do the same to keep up. Uh, so uh, that's in a, a CNBC article that I'm reading now, uh, that a lot of millennials are, are finding social media and the, the need and desire to try to keep up with their peers that they're seeing spending money on this and that uh, as a, a, a hurdle that they need to overcome in order to save for their own futures. Well, the interesting thing about that article, Pete, and um, I have it in front of me also uh, from CNBC, it does say that um, millennials, that age group of 18 to 36, are much smarter about having a budget. 80% of them typically will report in a survey that they've had a budget. Only 61% of baby boomers have a budget. Um, so I think the younger generation is learning something, and you might be right. It might have to do a lot more with the fact that they're much more savvy about looking for information on your smartphone or on your computer? Well, it's not savvy about looking for information. It's just there. Uh, and the the smart people who are using this tech and the social media, um, you know, behind the, the curtain, they're all too familiar with it also, and they're looking for that. You know, when you go and you, for example, I've gone and looked at something on Amazon, and all of a sudden I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed, and I'm seeing ads for the product that I was just searching for on Amazon or Googling, and it's really sort of scary how they get this information, and then they, you know, almost subliminally put it there when you're going through other social media sites. Mm -hmm. And again, it's more than just that. Uh, you know, my oldest, he's going to be 14 uh, coming up, and he's got an Instagram account. He does not have a Facebook or any other social media. But he sees things coming up on his friend's Instagram account. So oh, I got this new sure. bat. I got this new hoverboard. I got mm -hmm. this. And he says, hey, I want this, and I want that. So it's, it's social media, uh, you know, it can be a problem. Well, the rewards programs that you have at any store, sure, that's how they track what you do and right. uh, what you buy. So this is a part of the New Deal, I guess, right? It is. Well, you know, for a long time we've lived in this country um, with constantly being bombarded by advertising and marketing. You got to have this new car. You got to have this new truck. You got to have this. Uh, you got to buy this. You got to go on vacation down here and meet the person of your dreams in a bikini or you know whatever it happens to be. So we're programmed all the time to go out and spend money. We're not programmed to save money. Mm -hmm. And so it does require a particular discipline. It's funny that you say that because, you know, there's even ads all the time on the radio and on TV for how to meet someone. And you have to pay to use that service. 
Match.com and uh, whatever I, c- I can't remember the other names yeah. of the uh, other dating websites, but now there's dating social services and you have to pay for those. So you know, you used to go out and meet someone in social situations and not have to spend any money other than maybe getting yourself a beer, and now you have to spend money to go on a dating website to meet someone. So it's just compounded. So the most important first tip is you have to start early. And you have to be consistent and steady, and you have to do it all the time, all the time, all the time. doesn't matter what the amount is that you start out with, because once you get used to it and you see your savings grow, your investments grow, that will be a motivator by itself to make you want to do that. I mentioned my oldest uh, child just a minute ago, and we did his uh, high school orientation uh, maybe two months ago. And... I raised my hand at the end of the orientation and I said, now I don't see anything on here about a general class uh, that talks about how to save money, the value of a dollar, how to balance a checkbook, um, you know, the truths no, about the truths about credit cards, you know, how to finance a car, any of these kind of things. And she said, well, we actually do teach that now, but it's not until the later years of high school, junior and senior year. And, Big you know, mistake. yeah, I think that you need to start in middle school, maybe even elementary school, the value of a dollar and how to save money. and sure. yep. it's, it's a big problem that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, when I was a little kid, we saved money every week in school. We had the day to come in and put a quarter in your little bucket, in your little envelope, and it would go into the bank, and the teacher would collect them all. Sure. Sure. We've gotten away from that. Yep. Now we spend. And it's well, easier to spend now. You know, they, the children have tablets or smartphones or whatever, yeah, and not just mine, but everybody. Yep. And they'll come running and they'll say, can I spend 99 cents on this app for my, you know, for an upgrade on my game? And <laughs> they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the first tip in savings is that you have to have a pocket so you can put your money in a pocket. Uh, did you ever hear of a guy named Jerry Seinfeld, Peter? <laughs> no, no. Nope, he said, <laughs> dogs have no money. They're broke their entire lives. You know why dogs have no money? No pockets. <laughs> Think about it. You've got to have a place to put your money, don't you? Of course, Bill Murray had some good advice, too, when it came to taxes. What he said is, the best way to teach your kids about taxes is by eating 30% of their ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> then they get like the message, that. huh? get the message. Now, was there a Rodney Dangerfield quote that we had also? Uh, there was one that I can't use on the air. It was really <laughs> awful. <laughs> we actually talked about it before the show and made the, de- the wise decision that I would scratch that one out and not use it on the air. He gets no respect. <laughs> give him a call at the office. He'll, he'll give it to you then. <laughs> well, besides starting early, uh, and this applies to any age group, you have to have some goals. You have to say... You know, and, and a goal is something you need to think about and write down. Um, we don't hardly ever hear about Christmas clubs anymore. I'm sure they still exist, but, and I've mentioned this before in the air, why, why do you wait until the f- middle of November and say, i got to buy Christmas, car, Christmas presents, and then you go out and put it on a credit card? you got to pay the credit card, now you're going to pay it back with interest. Why don't you open up a savings account in January or February or March of the year and say, I'm going to set aside $10 a week, $15 a week, whatever it is. It's going to go into a special account in the bank. And then when it comes to be mid-November, I'm going to have $500. I'm going to have $1,000, whatever you spend on Christmas. 
And now I've got all the money put aside for that, and I'm not going to get into the hole again of putting it on a credit card. Well, I know the local um, banks, not the big banks, but the local banks and credit unions, I have seen um, little display ads inside uh, trying to get people to sign up for their vacation club and their Christmas club and, and all that. So there, that still does exist, but it's not anywhere near as big as it used to be. So let's make that as a real specific goal for everybody listening today. It's early enough in the year. It's right at the beginning of March. Let's make this as a very specific goal today. Open up a Christmas club account. Start putting aside from whatever source you have of money, $10 a week, $15 a week, $20 a week. That's your spending money for Christmas. Um, do it now. I mean, instead of doing a layaway in November or December, which I, I go to Benny's all the time, uh, I love that store, and, and I hope that that uh, continues to be a good part of our community. Um, but I, I go to Benny's all the time, and in November and December, I see people all the time bringing up things that they want to put on layaway for Christmas. Sure. So start now instead of, instead of doing it then. So here's a little incentive for you. Right after the break, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about savings goals that are not for retirement. Here's some financial goals, non-retirement goals for saving money, and I'm going to list some of them and ask you to get a pen and paper and write them down. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more information about how you can save more money. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Money Rise. Money, money rise. Yeah, may money, it, money rise may is it. good. <laughs> may your money rise. Money this rise and shine. The may. Easter edition of Money Wise. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Make your money rise up to meet you. <laughs> Well, we were talking about Lent before, about what to give up. We just passed Ash Wednesday, so you know, it's well, you know, apropos. I'm so excited to, to try to explain some things to people that sometimes I get my words mixed. Oh, that's great. Get my words mixed. <laughs> anyway, that's welcome to Money thing. Wise. Actually, we want to st- Money rises. I like it. Money actually. rise and shine. I like that a lot. It's a toast. May your money rise up to greet you in the morning. <laughs> I like that. We're going to use that, Phil. We'll, credit, yeah, right. we'll give you credit for it. <laughs> well, we do want to invite you to a free workshop, which will be held on uh, Wednesday, March 15th, afternoon at 2 o'clock, evening at 6.30, and then again on Saturday morning, March 18th. Uh, there is a limited number of, uh, there are a, number, a limited number of seats available. This will be held at the offices of uh, Lance Law and USA Wealth Group, 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Um, you can see our flags outside as your landmark. We have the American flag above, and then we have the uh, Marine Corps flag right below. Peter's passing notes to Phil. This can't be good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this can't be good. But if you'd like to attend one of our free Had to workshops, do with money rise. Um, we're inviting you to call 508-998-8800 and make a reservation. We have a whole little variety show going on in the studio next to me here. He's a funny man. (laughs) That's not fair to our audience. You don't want to say something that they can't hear, Phil (laughs) and Peter. We're here this morning with uh, Peter Lance and Phil Paleologos, who are having a wonderful time at my expense. But um, come to one of the workshops. I think that you can always learn something. I think it's really important to always learn something, whether it's protecting your house 
or some things that you probably don't know about Social Security. And I bet there's a lot of things that we'll be able to tell you about your retirement accounts and your IRA accounts that you don't know. So call 508-998-8800. Make a reservation. We'll love to see you. And I'd say there's very few people, maybe one out of 100, who don't learn something or get helped out by us uh, who meet with us. Well, you know, if you don't want to take the time to learn something that doesn't cost you anything to learn, then you can stay where you are and you're not going to make any progress. So let's talk about some non-retirement savings goals. And we've talked about these a little bit before. Susie Orman has talked about them. Number one, have an emergency fund. If you get sick, you know, there's been so many people sick and out of work this year, uh, all kinds of bugs going around, and you don't have money coming in, uh, how are you going to pay your bills? Have an emergency fund. You can define that. Put aside some money specifically for a vacation. Isn't it wonderful to be able to take a vacation once in a while? And if you put some money aside, whatever it happens to be, you want to go somewhere in the summer, put aside $20 a week into an envelope. When you get $100, stick it into a bank account. Um, you need to set aside um, or make plans for home improvements. Or what if you have a health or a medical emergency? Um, what if you want to do specific gifts? We just talked about setting aside some money for uh, Christmas, for a Christmas club, for example. But these are all reasons to put aside money, uh, to save money, certainly for retirement. We'll get to that a little bit later. What if you want to buy a house? What if it's been your dream to buy a house? Let's say you're a veteran and you can buy a house with no money down. You're still going to have some closing costs to pay. So start saving some money for a down payment for a house if that's one of your dreams. What if you want to get married? Well, I guess you don't have to save money if you're going to get married, right? You can try to hit up your parents for that. <laughs> yeah. But um, there are lots of things. Education, you want to take a course. By the way, if you're in the older generation, uh, baby boomers and a little bit older, there are a lot of free courses you can take at the universities and uh, Bristol Community College, for example. don't even cost you anything to, to go. But set aside some very specific goals for what you want to save money for. Now, what if you're a little bit older? What if you're uh, in the baby boomer generation? Uh, you're now in the process of retiring. You're people who were born between roughly 1946 and 1964. Your ages are roughly 53 to 71. Boy, you've got to make some serious decisions real soon about Social Security. And guess what? More than half the people make the wrong decisions about how and when they should take Social Security. And there are a lot of different options and a lot of different variables, more than people realize. And we're happy to provide that. We've got some good information at our workshops, but we also have uh, materials we can pass out to you, Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. Well, you just talked about making goals and setting money aside, saving for the generation prior to what you're discussing now. And although it's always best to start out as early as possible, and that's proven, um, we can show you why and how if you don't know already, but it's never too late to do something. And even if you are getting close to retirement, you should have some goals and you should start setting more money aside mm -hmm. um, or setting money aside if you haven't already. Let me mention a couple of things. Uh, these are quotes, but they're right in line with what we're talking about 
Um, Lawrence Fink uh, used to be Secretary of the Treasury. Social Security is an insurance policy. It's a terrible investment vehicle. Social Security has some great benefits, but it was never meant to be a savings plan. So we need to have a national debate. We pay 12.5% right now that we're contributing into the Social Security pool. Should part of that go into a mandatory savings plan instead? And by the way, there are some states now that are requiring employers to withhold money from their employees' paychecks. It's a requirement to go into a savings or an investment plan. Well, the other thing is that Social Security was supposed to be designed to assist people in their retirement. They weren't supposed to rely entirely on that, and unfortunately, too many people are trying to do that and relying only on Social Security, and, you know, it's just not enough. And it wasn't designed to be your main source of retirement. Social Security was meant to be uh, an insurance policy, as Mr. Fink said in his quotation. Sort of like welfare wasn't designed to be a uh, career goal. Welfare is not a lifestyle. It's not, a, it's not meant to, it was meant to get you through a transitional period, not to live off of. Yeah, mm -hmm. or not to live off for multi-generations, which a lot of people have done. Uh, there's, a, there's a nationally known uh, financial planner, Jean Shatsky, who was on the television a lot, and she said, after two decades of personal financial reporting, I've heard every excuse in the book for not saving money. That said, none of them really hold up, at least over the long term. So you got to have the discipline of putting something aside regularly on a regular basis. This is peanuts, but it's just an example of what somebody could do to start to maybe make themselves feel better towards their goals. Start just setting your change aside in a big, uh, you know, jar or something and yeah, see how that. quickly it adds up. Um, I have an old milk jug from the Gulf Hill Dairy, and it takes me, oh, I don't know, nine months probably to fill it. But when I go and bring it to the bank, it's got to be $100, $130 easily. Usually more than that. Yeah. I have a plastic jug that I use that some protein stuff comes in, and I cut a hole in the top, and I just put all my change in that. And when I brought that down to the bank, it's been over $200. Wow. Yep. So bring it into Bristol County, uh, or not Bristol County, um, Bakehouse Bank right down the corner, Fonts Corner Road and Road 6 has a change county machine. And again, the big banks don't like to do that. Uh, I really do like the local banks, and they're happy to do that. I've got um, accounts at two local banks, and I love them. But, you know, if that's what it needs to 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 happen to uh, get your mindset in the right place, then start small. Start setting change aside. So get your mind straight. That's a good uh, example piece. So here's some fatherly advice from Bill O'Reilly, and I like to watch him once in a while. I think I like his show. Every time I'm tempted to buy some dopey thing, I hear my late father's voice, do you really need that? He was big on saving money and buying as much security as possible. He also encouraged charitable giving. So I am responsible with currency. Mm. This is Bill O'Reilly. So th there's a lot of people, there's a lot of free advice out there. And, you know, sometimes we say free advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. And we don't want to have a, a tone on the radio of being lecturing to people. But once in a while, you have to sort of grab the microphone and shake it and say, do this regularly, put something aside on a regular basis. <laughs> right. You're going to be so thankful that you did. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, what happens when you get older and how much money should you take out of your retirement account if you have a retirement account. Um, the old rule of thumb for many, many years is 
withdraw 4%, withdraw not more than 4%, take out 4% a year, and your money will last as long as you do. That's not necessarily the case recently because investment rates of return have been much less. They're closer to averaging 3 or 3.5%. But it's real simple. Ideally, when you get to be retired, uh, you might have also retired all of your debt. You might not have any credit card debt. Maybe you've paid off your mortgage on your house. So if you are in that kind of a situation and you have some retirement accounts, you can probably get by with living on Social Security. But we would like to suggest that try to do something less than 4% if it's at all possible as a withdrawal rate. And there's no magic on this. But there are many, many things that we need to save money for. We need to save money for college. We need to save money for uh, kids going to school, grandkids going to school. We've recently completed an outline in the office that I'd like to review with you because this is now in written form. And it basically describes our process at USA Wealth Group. And by the way, visit us at usawealthgroup.com also for some information. Uh, at the first part, before you go into that, and um, I just think that we should mention again the upcoming informational sessions. There, we're calling them our uh, workshops, and they are free. Uh, they're coming up, and the only reason I'm mentioning is because it was only mentioned at the beginning of the top half of the show. Uh, Wednesday, March 15th at 2 o'clock. Uh, Wednesday, March 15th at 6.30, and then Saturday, March 18th at 10 o'clock. Uh, in the morning, and it's, it's a two-part informational session. Uh, it's no obligation, it's free, but you do have to make a reservation. Uh, it, the first part will be uh, my mother presenting uh, from Lance Law on how wills, trusts, and nursing home asset protection works, and then the second half, uh, which is probably only going to be about 20 minutes or so, uh, will be my father and I discussing social security and retirement options. And uh, we've discussed now twice throughout the show how important it is to make the right decisions uh, on social security benefits. Good. Thank, thank you, Pete. Let's talk a little bit about the middle years of uh, people's lives, the late 30s through the early 50s. Um, it's okay to be diversified during that time period. It's okay to have money in stocks and bonds and mutual funds and real estate. Um, probably about that age is the age that you might want to start thinking about putting some money into annuities and life insurance. And, you know, what are you doing to protect your family, for example? I want to give you some specific information that we prepared just for this show. We talk a lot about insurance. It doesn't really matter what your age is. We've seen people at very young ages, and we've seen people at older ages who unexpectedly pass away, and maybe they haven't done enough savings or enough investment. So what I'm suggesting is at least part of your budget ought to be in the category of insurance. What happens if you're young and you have young children and you don't have life insurance? Anybody can afford term life insurance at a minimum. For people who have a better budget and they can afford permanent insurance, then they should get permanent insurance, like universal life insurance as an example, which has investment features to it as well. But at a minimum, um, you don't want to be a young person and have young children and then have something unexpectedly happen to somebody who's bringing in most of the money. So let me give you a couple of quotations on what it would cost to buy $500,000 of term insurance for a 20-year period. 
And we always tell people, if you're going to do term insurance, remember you're only going to carry the insurance for that particular period of time, maybe while your kids are young and before they're out of the house. Um, or uh, if you're a little older, you want to cover for some particular period of time so that there will be some form of uh, money to take care of your spouse or whatever your goals are. At age 25, you can purchase $500,000 of 20-year term insurance uh, if you're a man for about $27 a month, wow. uh, $325 for a year. For a female, $21.25 a month to buy a $500,000 term insurance policy, and that'll be good for that price will be locked in for 20 years. At age 35, now you're in the millennial uh, period, uh, you can buy a half a million dollars of life insurance as a man for $29 a month. It's really inexpensive. For a woman, it's even cheaper. It's $25 a month for a woman to buy uh, a half a million dollars of insurance at age 35. So let's say you're a little older and you're 45. And now you're really starting to think about some serious things. My gosh, um, I've got kids that are now in middle school and high school. Uh, you can buy a half a million dollar insurance policy at age 45 for $61.25 a month. Still very affordable. Uh, it's, it's less than the cost of going out for a meal or about the same cost. For a woman age 45, it's $47.50 a month for a half a million dollars of insurance. Then obviously as you get older, it gets to be a bit more expensive. So let's say you're now 55 years of age and you said, you know what? I wish they had taken out insurance. And remember, at age 55, this is going to last you out to age 75. Uh, at this point, it gets to be more expensive for a woman. It's $105 a month at age 55 to carry a half a million dollar insurance policy. For a man, it's about $147 a month. So it starts to get more expensive as you get older at age 55. But even at the age of 65, you can still do a half a million dollar policy. Now it starts to get very costly, or much more. If you're 65 and you have kids in middle school, then my apologies. Then you're probably going to last to be at least 100, right? And if you're 95 and you have kids in middle school, then you're doing just fine. <laughs> you're a hero. <laughs> but no, it gets to be more expensive. At age 65, obviously, now you're looking for a woman at about $317 a month for a half a million dollars of insurance, and for a man... It's $480 a month. That now starts to get really expensive. But do remember, that's going to take them out to age 85. Well, the point of all this is that you should have some insurance as part of your plan because if the unexpected happens and you haven't uh, any other resources, that's going to pay off a mortgage on a house or it's going to allow your family to uh, be able to be educated and go to school. So. When you're in your middle age, certainly, you know, diversify a little bit more. Now you have to prioritize retirement savings versus college savings. And ideally, you can do both and you can afford both. But again, if you don't start saving early, you're not going to be able to do this. You might do a 529 plan, for example. Um, Pre-retirement, what happens if you're getting closer to retirement and you say, maybe I haven't saved enough money for retirement? Well, the first recommendation is stay in the game. Mm -hmm. If you're able to work beyond age 65 or age 70, maybe you need to work a little bit longer, but now you need to get really serious about putting some money aside so you don't have anything. 
Um, health insurance costs are going to be critical. We're going to be very focused on what happens um, nationally with health insurance. Uh, health insurance costs can be absolutely devastating. It's the number one reason that people go into bankruptcy is not because they've spent too lavishly. It's because they've had unexpected medical costs. So it is important to make sure you have insurance. Um, I want to remind you that you're listening to uh, Ray Lance and Peter Lance this morning from USA Wealth Group. And um, basically, we do a lot of things to try to help people that will <coughs> be meaningful in their lives and help them plan um, both for retirement and pre-retirement for emergencies. There are so many things that we can help folks with. Uh, we do lifetime income planning uh, for retirement, social security planning, how to handle your IRA rollovers and 401k rollovers, pension strategies. Should you take it as a pension, a regular check? Should you take it as a lump sum? Let's do some analysis on that. We've talked about pension buyout before as well, and, and there have been options for that especially um, much more so recently. There was just something this past week about L.L. Bean now um, canceling their pensions um, for you know certain employees and certainly for new employees and also changing their uh, return. They used to have a no-hassle return policy on everything, and now they're changing that policy as well. So it's Guess just who a else is? sign of the times. Mm -hmm. Guess who else is changing their plans uh, there's an article just a couple of days ago in the Wall Street Journal on the front page that says that Fidelity Investments is doing early buyout offers to their upper management people. They don't want to spend the money on their upper management people. So what if you're making a lot of money and you think, wow, my job is really secure. I'm not going to have to worry about anything. And then all of a sudden your big company comes along and says, we're offering you an early pension buyout. We want to get rid of your high salary. You're going to have to make some tough choices at that point. There is some, you know, there are some good things that you hear every once in a while. Although a lot of it is, you know, doom and gloom type stuff. But uh, you know, that's why we're here to help. Uh, I read in the Wall Street Journal this past week that Hasbro is going, going to be making Play-Doh in the United States again. Finally, oh, good. Mm -hmm. And in Massachusetts, it. yeah, Longmeadow, East yep. Longmeadow, yeah. <laughs> It's about time. <laughs> There's a guy named Dave Barry who was once talking about doing his taxes. He says, it's tax time. I know this because I'm staring at documents that make no sense to me, no matter how many beers I drink. <laughs> and there's a, I have to give you one more. There's a lady named Joyce Mattingly who said, there are three books my daughter felt were the most important influences in her life. The Bible, her mother's cookbook, and her father's checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a familiar story. <laughs> that sounds like something we'd hear on Money Rise with the Money Wise guys. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, there are, there are different stages in our lives. There are different ages when we need to be concerned about different financial things. When you're younger, you need to start early to save. You need to be thinking about doing a budget at every age in life because if you don't know where it's going, um, you don't know how to save more. And I don't care how much money you're making, um, you may not have that money there for as long as you think. You may get an early buyout offer that if you, you either take it many times and accept the early buyout offer and now you're suddenly quickly retired, mm -hmm. or if you don't take it, they tell you very specifically there's no guarantee your job will be here next year. And so they push you into this and they make you make 
hard choices, like scare tactics. I mean, there's a good chance that your job might be there next year, but you don't know, so you have to make that tough decision. Well, the phone company has done this. The, the utility companies have done this. Fidelity Investments, we now said, is doing this. So don't think and don't assume because you might be making a lot of money that your job is secure and is going to be there forever. Live more modestly. Put more money aside. So if that happens, you've got a lot more flexibility in your choices. Start a garden, I guess, huh? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No. I mean, people should be doing that. I mean, if you can grow marijuana indoors... <laughs> Maybe you can grow some other things indoors. I'm not supposed to Vegetables. do that for another 10 months, I think. Oh, really? I didn't know. I don't pay attention to those. But get out of bed in the morning. You know, get, get some energy. I mean, George Burns once said, don't stay in bed unless you can make money in bed. I'm not sure who he's talking to. I mean, there's just so many wonderful quotes about this. Um, Jules Renard said, I finally know what distinguishes man from other beasts, financial worries. Mm -hmm. And it's true. We all worry about money, but gosh, you got to do something about it. You got to, there's so many things that we can help you with and make some recommendations and advice to you. Give us a call, 508-998-8858. And when you call, don't forget to uh, make a reservation for the March 15th or the March 18th uh, seminars that we have coming up. Yep, that's really important. We're going to teach you some things that you don't know right now. And if it's a refresher, that's fine. But our goal is to help you protect your family and to help you protect your money. And we're so pleased to be able to be with you on the radio to do that. Stay tuned. We've got some exciting programs coming up the next couple of weeks that we'll be sharing with you. Uh, one will be called How to Get Out of Debt. Nice. So thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Money Wise. Money Wise.